You are listening to If We Were Writing, a feisty triathlon-ish podcast. I'm Kelly O'Mara, and together with Sarah True, we head up a weekly group ride where we dish on all triathlon news and everything else-ish we want to talk about. We're joined regularly by Khadija Diggs and Jocelyn Wong-Neal, and Laura Sidal does her Sid Talk segment updating you on everything you need to know from the weekend. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Writing is a production of Live Feisty Media. Join us on our group ride. All right, we have everybody back this week. And most importantly, Jocelyn's back after winning the state triathlon championship. Which state is the key? So I really need to clarify which state and the details because this was the Maryland Sprint Distance State Triathlon Championships. And I won the 40 to 44 age group for women. So, so it's a the very 40 to 44 Maryland state championship champion champion, despite not being a resident of Maryland. And it's also only because I missed the overall podium and the master's podium. <laughs> so you can't double dip. So I was obviously I would want to go for the overall and be the overall state champ. But, you know, it was like, OK, miss top three overall, miss top three masters overall. But it's fine. I only train like one to four hours a week, not a day. <laughs> what do you guys think about when somebody says like, oh, I won, I won. And then you find out like they won. Yeah. Like their age group. All I care about is we have a state champion on our podcast. Um, <laughs> it's all marketing, right? And we it's are going marketing. to market the heck out of you right now. <laughs> you Wait, what state are you, Sarah? New Hampshire, but I'm not a New Hampshire state champion. The, no, I was going to say you on all, your state champion race is live free and try. Oof. Oof. So, okay. That is the state motto yeah. is live free or die. I, so it's, it's very, very punny, very punny in very, New Hampshire. Oh, yeah. Did we just lose Khadija? She just disappeared. <laughs> we lost Khadija. She's like, oh, let them... me research oh, she how came to back. become okay. Georgia state champion. And I will be back. That's what, I... I was about to say. Yes, Khadija. I was about to say, Khadija, no. your state championship race is the Tugaloo triathlon. <gasps> yes. I have done that race. Are you going to do it? I don't even know when it is. I map out my my race plan so far in advance. Sometimes I miss some. Like I already know what I'm doing next year. <laughs> well, you I gotta add. Yeah, yeah totally. I actually, I actually, I have the list here. This is 2024. <laughs> oh wow! So I actually, I'm signed up for the Delaware State Championships, which I'm gonna treat also. as my <laughs> personal Olympics because that's my state. I'm a resident of Delaware, so this one I did it with the Rock Hall Triathlon, which is an hour drive away, and I was doing it as like a season opener, and it happened to be the Maryland Maryland State Championships, and uh, yeah, they gave out certificates and. I grew up in California and my high school dream was to qualify for like the cross country state meet and right. never quite did that. So I'm just tickled that I'm a Maryland state champion. And I did live in Maryland for two years. So I'll I feel that. like you need to go around and get all the state championships now. <laughs> all 50 states, like everybody does all 50, yeah. a marathon in all 50 yeah. states. Oh, yeah, that's like that's gonna be a very exclusive fifty states club. Yeah, so where where's the so. California one? The California one is the Orange County, the OC triathlon. It says I'm huh. like reading this off this list. It's all decree like USA triathlon basically designates a state champ like championship. They like submit. They want to be it. They designate it, and then the state championship gets you in case you hadn't qualified yet for the national age group championship. <laughs> Oh, okay. So the best part about the Delaware State Championships is it's the same weekend as nationals in oh. Milwaukee. And you so all the fast people should go to nationals mm -hmm. that are from Delaware or planning to race in Delaware. Except you. Except, Except you. me. Exactly. <laughs> I like this plan. Khadija planned this for 2032. You could do yes. all the state championships. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, 2023, 2024 is booked. And I already have some insight into 2025 if I make it. Woo. I like don't even have things booked for August yet. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, yeah it's easier for me. It's not like, I mean, it's not, I mean, if you're a professional, there's other thing dynamics. For me, it's like, okay, where do I want to go? When does school start? 
I know I'm racing Havana. I race Havana every year. I mm-hmm. wanted to go to Kenya, so I'm going to Kenya. Oh. I got a free entry in the tra- challenge Roth, so I'm going there. So Ooh. that's All my right. first three races. All right. Is that um, all right. And I always Ooh. wanted to do challenge. I wanted to do challenge Roth more than I wanted to do Kona. So, yes. oh, amazing! Yeah, I've so heard nothing they, but good things. Yeah, well, so I have they, other thoughts, but <laughs> I like. Oh, too, you've but, done it! Uh, you've right. done it! Okay, <laughs> right. As an American over there, you will definitely have some like culture shock with the Germans. We can talk about it because today, oh, okay. coming up okay. on the show, we're going to talk about our four. Well, my daughter lives over there for. Um, sorry, we got to cross there, but I was saying today on the show, we're going to talk about our foreign race experiences. We're going to talk about crazy records and all the smoke. So we will get to challenge Roth. So you guys, we were talking about the smoke before we got on. And I honestly, like for once, for once, California has like great smoke, no air and you guys have, so I wasn't, didn't even realize it was a problem for like half the country right now. So what's, what's crazy is I'm basically live in Canada. Okay. Not quite. That's a bit of a hyperbole. I live in New Hampshire, um, you know, a couple hours away from the border. Our air quality is fine. I have no alerts or anything. One of my friends who lives down near New York city sent me a text and she has a hazardous air quality sign or the signal like 330. I don't know what the max is, but it says hazardous and it's red and it's the highest category. Over 100 is like bad. Over 150 is like you should definitely not do a workout. Over like two, we were at over 200 for like a month, like a couple of summers ago because of the fires out here all the time. And so I like, so 390 is like crazy bad. That's like insane. 330, 333. But she sent this photo of the sky and it's just red. It looks not good, but it just, I don't understand the weather patterns that I can be so much further north and closer to Canada and we're fine. Yeah. And then I'm in Delaware and I've got like, it's level red air quality where daycare won't let the kids play outside. And the sun was this funny pink color yesterday. And I did not put two and two together because Canada seems pretty far away from us but I went for like a little three mile run in the morning and my throat feels kind of scratchy I feel like I've been hanging out by a campfire so I don't you could always that. do your runs in a 95 mass which I never got into because it's quite hard to do but that's always an option I would <laughs> rather I have a treadmill so I would rather just stay inside if I need to Kelly as as a poor air quality right experts what are what are your training tips right so we have we so obviously everybody like in the west we've had really bad fires for years and so we had so there's a lot of like us a lot of people out here being like well we've had this forever now you got you know all that kind of thing um so the general rule like i just said is if it's over 150 like seriously it's not worth going out and doing a workout um over that used to be over 100 but we've all in climate change era like let our what we consider okay creep up now we're all like well i'm sure it's fine uh and yeah so more generally speaking they say mornings are best because you don't have as much other pollution mornings are best um if you can do it inside you should uh if you're gonna go outside because that's your only option like shorter and easier you shouldn't try and do anything hard because then it's like does really irritate your lungs you can do it with like a 95s or with something over your face um i don't know if you guys ever tried that if you like it's really challenging yeah it seems like it would help you increase your lung capacity it's really challenging now how does how does it affect your indoor air quality like we bought we have crazy filters my husband crazy filters so we just like run them when it's really bad so if you buy like one of those hepa or like we have this like I don't know. We have this like fancy Dyson one that like does something. And if you just run those inside, then you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Of course, that's like contributing to climate change and bad for the world and all that. But you yeah, can I, do an indoor exercise right, right. session right. and your lungs don't burn. So, you know. So, I mean, it was when we had like two or three of them running when we had like a month of really bad. It was like you would literally walk inside and you'd be like, oh my God, I can breathe again. Like it is a lot nicer to have that kind of thing. A lot of gyms also have pretty good air filtration. If you belong to a gym, you probably 
I feel like with um, COVID the last couple of years, there's like nothing but everybody trying to upgrade their air filters and all the air circulation, like in airplanes, cruise ships, gyms. This is what was brutal that like summer or when we lived in Boulder, there was this one, like when the fire, it was really bad in Colorado for like in the summer for like a month and it was COVID times. So like, I didn't have a gym either and I couldn't really train indoors. And like, I mean, it was the kind of like, you know, we were just talking 300 really bad. It was like smoke, ash falling from the sky. Like, Khadija's like, no, we don't have this. Georgia's sounding better and better. It's just hot. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just oppressively hot. And I'm used to it. So it is. I think the big problem, right, is like, it's going to be more and more of a problem. Like, this isn't going away. Yeah. I just don't understand how it skipped Sarah in New Hampshire. Like, are there just like less people and more trees and like the trees all like cover you? I, if we have a meteorologist who listens to this podcast, um, if you want to chime in, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the wrong person to ask. (laughs) So you've just been training like normal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was uh, talking about this past weekend. There were a bunch of like weird records. There was a bunch of weird world records, or legitimate world records and weird ones. And there's this big record here in San Francisco called the 100 by one mile, where 100 women, like all kinds of ages, kind of break the record for 100 people running one mile, like like a relay. Um, and I didn't know that Jocelyn was in the original one because it's like there's like history here in San Francisco. It's been done like four times over multiple the multiple times multiple times yeah so i think no i did the one in 1997 i think there was one in 1995 and it went back and forth with like another club and i had to like i kind of completely forgot about this until i saw your newsletter had mentioned it the fast women newsletter had mentioned it and i was like that's right i was it was like it's not a Guinness world record. Those are the weird ones. It's I a, I think it's know. like a certified maybe track and field world record. Oh, nice. So does it have to be a hundred individual people or just, yes. Okay. That's the hard part. Yes. Getting 100, yeah. Yeah. Organized. Getting a hundred people to commit to anything. You... Yeah. yeah. So I was in high school. It was like right after my sophomore year and there was another local high school, the Lowell high school uh, assistant coach. Andy Chan, he ended up coaching a different school. He coached Shannon Robery when she was in high school. So he um, wanted to go up and re-break the record because I think it got taken away from like the San Francisco groups. Um, But he recruited like a whole bunch of the local high school Hmm. girls. Um, I think you had to run like under a six minute mile, but there were- How fast did you have to run? Yeah. ideally um under six minutes and you know what I remember most about this is that I did not break six minutes because I got my period (laughs) 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 and I was a late bloomer so it was only maybe like the third or fourth time I'd ever gotten my period and so of course I like wasn't using tampons or anything yet And so I just remember like stuffing huge maxi pad in my run shorts and I could not break six minutes. It was like just too distracting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sweet baby Jocelyn. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was like one woman on the track at a time. So it was like a time trial. There weren't any pacers or anything. And you just like waited your turn and then it was your turn. I think we had a baton. It was 26 years ago, but that was, <laughs> that was probably the, the biggest thing I remember about, <laughs> about that whole thing. I and wonder if that happened to any of the hundred women this weekend. We should ask them. Well, the high school in, terms, in terms of probability, I'm sure. Yeah. hundred women. Yeah. 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 They, they averaged 538 miles, I believe, which is like pretty fast. Yeah. That's, that's pretty, moving. Yeah. And it was like a range. They had like a 76 year old who was in the mm-hmm. original one. And they had like th- some 13 year old girls who were like her granddaughter or something. So it was a whole, it was a whole family affair, a whole Bay area family. Oh, that's so lovely. I, I had no idea this ever existed. No, me either. My father-in-law was telling me about it at dinner. <laughs> and then apparently it was a real thing. 
the real thing. And I've never heard of the men's record or like any attempts of the men's record. So I think like women come together nice. and men don't. That that we took away from that. That's my conclusion. Yeah, they, they just go for the 100 mile record. Right. They're not going for the 100 by one. <laughs> right, right. It was because of my father-in-law was explaining to me. I was like, that's not, you mean the hundred mile record. That's not, that's like a different thing. What are you talking about? You don't understand sports. And then on the, yeah, he was right. So so we're talking about women. One of the things I saw a lot of people posted about was Faith's, Faith mm-hmm. Kipiegon's world record. Have you ever seen a scene like that after winning? A, yeah, it's crazy. Breaking she the, sets, breaking every, the world record. She sets the 1500 meter record and then the whole yeah. like, heat like came and like was celebrating yeah. with her and hugging her and it was pretty, yeah. it was pretty and I love track and field and I've never seen anything like that it was like they they were all willing her to break that record it was great to see that mm-hmm. great to see that there were like so many records this weekend because that one was like that was not that yours wasn't legitimate Jocelyn but that was like legit <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then there was like the crazy one and then there was they did there was also the um you guys know the backyard ultra where you run like one lap every hour on the hour that's nuts and so the the woman broke broke the record for that too she was like the first woman to run like 300 miles in 72 hours whatever but the thing about this have you guys ever done like is that it goes until you say it stops like there's no finish line you it's like the last person standing or you could frame it as it's yeah like you like obviously the depressing way to think of it is like you have to quit like you have to say i can't do this anymore which is yeah. like, um, I there's there's no way. I mean, one night of not sleeping adequately, like that would be enough for me. So they didn't I, stop. They just kept going for seventy two hours. No, so that's the other thing is you can. So you have to start one lap on the top of the hour. So if it takes if a lap takes you thirty minutes, you have thirty minutes. So you could like power nap. You can sit down. So that's what's really awkward is people kept like it's a strategy. That's not sleep. <laughs> That is not sleep. If there's no bed and eight plus hours, that does not count in my book. Yeah. And if there's I not, not a snooze button involved. No, nah, that's not. <laughs> See, but what would you do? Would you try and go like fast enough that you get like a break? Or would you just be like, screw it. I'm taking my full 50 minutes. What's like, the not... course like? It's like a flat. It flat? It's, like a backward, it's pretty yeah. flat. Yeah, and yeah. it was like, what, four miles? It's around four miles. Yeah. Kelly, my strategy is never to do it. <laughs> no. avoid at all costs okay fine <laughs> that's not that's i'm not i'm not interested in that no yeah, even the thing you... everybody does the what 100 100 meter swims and stuff like yeah. no, i'm not i'm not interested in that no i've crewed like i've paced a friend to attempt his first hundred miler and we ran through the night and I don't know. I couldn't do that. Like, I feel like we've all pulled all-nighters in college or whatever, but I've never done two all-nighters in a row. Mm. And usually you like, at some point you crash and just like pass out. In college, I thought, you okay, you know the Seinfeld episode where like Kramer's like, oh, I'll just sleep for 30 minutes every hour and a half or whatever. Yeah. So I tried that in college at one point because I was like, this makes sense. This is going to go great. And it like went great until like I started hallucinating. Yeah. 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 If you're doing like a 24 hour race, then that hallucination might be productive. That's what they say. It's like you like go deep into it. But Jocelyn, okay, so a friend of mine also wants me to crew for her. And I got out of it earlier this summer because she had to have back surgery instead. So I didn't have to like tackle my demons. But I really, I'm like, I don't want it at night. Like, I don't want to be out there in the middle of the night. No. Cause I had never done it before. And then he had never done it before. And there's like so much other stuff, like it's so mental. And then we didn't realize how cold it was going to get. So he ended up being like almost hypothermic. And I had like tossed my jacket thinking we're going to, we're going to be running. And we ended up walking and you get even colder walking. And I was like, Oh, this is such a disaster. All the things that we don't know. And yeah, it was. This is where I always am like, mom, mom, don't worry. It'll be fine. It's an organized race. Nothing bad will happen. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I uh, also might end up doing one of those. So I need, I need like sleep deprivation, midnight crew tips. What are you going to do? 
Well, one of my friends wants to do like Jocelyn saying, like, Oh, you have to do the support. Yeah, okay. Do, she really wants to do actually all the way around Lake Tahoe, mm. which is like 200 miles. No, <laughs> that's, that's worse. <laughs> it's for her birthday. So, um, is it, I feel like you have to, you have why? to, why? <laughs> why? Okay. Why is she punishing you on her birthday? <laughs> Speaking of of birthdays, it was Callie's birthday yesterday. So what kind of horrible things do you have planned for us? Because (laughs) (laughs) you're like, so we're going to swim through the night. (laughs) Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. We would sing to you, but we don't want to torture you because apparently the the whole thing is to like torture other people. Yeah. Do you guys not do, you know, those people who are like, oh, you run a mile for every year your birthday or like, oh, they do the hundred, like, uh, the hundred by a hundred swimming or like they do one of those crazy things for their birthday. You guys like do any of those? I do not. No, I usually do some sort of race around that weekend because oh speaking of birthdays so sarah i'm two days older than you yes so you were born the day after yes you were born the day after thanksgiving and i was born the day before thanksgiving i love it I love it. We're going. We're going to have to just meet in the middle on the twenty sixth sometime, you guys and have have a party, a cross night bike ride. <laughs> oh, and then we'll meet in the middle. No. Never, never. No. <laughs> all right. After our break, we have our Sid talks, and then we're going to talk about all our close calls we've had in international races uh, and craziness. I'm personally very excited to have Precision Fuel and Hydration signing on as a new Feisty Tri sponsor. Precisely because of their commitment to education and to making sure that all the women lining up for triathlons this year have all the information you need to fuel your races. Like, did you know women often underfuel and more typically complain about gel consistency, which I know I personally like really love the light and easy to get down precision gels, which still have 30 grams of carbohydrates. But the most important thing is to test all of this yourself. And that's why you can use Precision Sweat Testing Spreadsheet to do your own testing and to calculate your own sweat loss. And look, like I know that can sound intimidating. I also was, uh, but it's really super manageable. When you enter your numbers into their formula, it spits out how much sweat you lose, how much sodium, and then you can calculate and figure out what works for you. And then you can book your totally free consultation with their sports scientists who will walk you through your own race plan. You can find all of this information and a ton more on female fueling, hydration, things to know in the Precision Fuel and Hydration Knowledge Hub on their website. And you can test out their gels, drink mixes, electrolyte pills, and their specially formulated flow gel, which is made just for how people fuel in long course triathlon. Get 15% off your first order with the code FTP15. That's FTP, the number 15, like feisty triathlon pods or like functional threshold power. FTP15 at pfandh.com. Iron Women is excited to announce a new partnership with Bicycle, the largest global marketplace for pre-owned bikes. With more than 20,000 pre-owned and refurbished road, gravel, mountain, and triathlon bikes available, Bicycle connects buyers and sellers on a global scale and makes the process of buying and selling bikes safe, easy, and convenient for riders. We all know there are plenty of marketplaces and classified sites out there, but what sets Bicycle apart is their guaranteed buyer protection, secure payments, simple shipping, and first-class customer service. Additionally, when you sell a bike, Bicycle provides a bike box directly to your door and coordinates pickup at a time that works best for your schedule. That kind of service has me swayed, and I'm cleaning up one of my old race bikes to sell on Bicycle right now. For a limited time, you can save up to $100 on your purchase at Bicycle by entering the code FEISTYTRY, all caps and one word, at checkout. That's code FEISTYTRY at Bicycle.com. B-U-Y-C-Y-C-L-E dot com.
Chasing epic is the essence of the Orca brand. It's about seeking moments in life that make us feel truly alive and connected to the beauty of the world around us. And let's be honest, with a lot of swim, bike, and run, we get to see a lot of beauty. Orca's been a longtime partner of Feisty, and we work with them year after year because we love their products and their commitment to creating amazing wetsuits made for women. I absolutely love my Orca wetsuit. Apex is number one, but there's a range of triathlon wetsuits. You can choose between flexibility, buoyancy, or a combination of both. Really, there's a wetsuit for every triathlete and for all of your epic adventures. As a Feisty listener, you can get 15% off with the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. Get out there and chase some epic, friends. It was a weekend of extreme sadness for the sport of triathlon. And off the back of the incident for me at Ironman Brazil, one that hit pretty hard. Our thoughts go out to the family and friends of the motorbike driver in Hamburg and also the athlete involved and the photographer. It is more than time that we do something about the number of motorbikes and vehicles on race courses. But before the tragic event, it was fantastic to see Jan Fridino back at the full distance and leading the athletes out of the water and onto the bike. On the run, it seemed like the Fredino that we love seeing and he set a blistering pace and looked so controlled with it. But as the marathon went on, perhaps a little race rust set in and it was the Ironman European champ from 2021 who cruised through to the front. Dennis Chevro then never looked back, looking supreme to take to retain his title. Another Frenchman with an impressive display. The French over the short and long course just crushing at the moment with Nice and Paris coming up. For the minor places, it changed in the last couple of kilometres with a resurgence from Peter Heimrich to take second and Christian Hogenhard in third, both passing Jan right at the very end. So, so harsh. In the other race, one of the other races that weekend, Challenge Slew saw Grace Tech take another win for 2023. She's becoming quite the force over the half distance. And the same can be said for the men, Matthias Marguerier. I am sorry, Matthias. Um, now with a taste for winning, making it two from two after his first win at the Challenge Championships just a couple of weeks ago. Short one this time. Stay safe out there. Signing off, Sid. All right. So obviously Hamburg over the weekend, I don't know if you guys are watching it. I'm assuming you weren't because it was the middle of the night and I only saw it later. But I think the thing that's like just terrifying everyone is literally this crash happened on the live broadcast. You saw this motorcycle Mm. pull out and then you didn't see the collision, but you saw the cyclist fly across the screen into the oncoming cyclist. Um, So it's pretty horrific. And you always want to hope, I mean, obviously, you know, protocols like there are things that should change you always want to hope these things wouldn't happen um but i also think like i was thinking about this and i was like i feel like in europe like there are narrow roads there's like a lot of moto track like i've definitely been in some situations where i'm like something bad could happen right now for sure yeah yeah uh, there have been races where i am screaming at the moto um because especially especially with the the pro races sometimes the motos get a little excited like and they have video and they have like race officials and they're just a whole bunch of motorcycles um around the athletes and these tight twisty turns and all of a sudden you're like dude get out of the way because i'm about to hit you or you're about to hit that thing like something bad is going to happen um where you're just screaming at them and they're they're caught up in the job they're not thinking about all of the variables at play and yeah, so this this was a terrible situation. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the motorcyclist passed away. Um, the age group triathlete was in serious condition. The 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 course got changed, but then they unchanged. had to like shut it down for a little while to get everyone to the hospital. But they, it's actually, and I was thinking about this. It's actually really. It actually would have been a bigger problem to try and round up like four thousand people that are like spread out around a course and like get them all back. So I kind of understand where it's like at some point it's like, okay, just keep going, like continue because otherwise you'd have to like go out and pick people up or like, there was 4,000 races like around that because Hamburg. Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah. There were 3,100 at chat and that's not even, it was just a regular race. I mean, they're yeah. Um, But I was going to ask you, Sarah, in world tri races, are the moto drivers 
like trained like it's the same people okay because obviously they're volunteers for like most triathlons yeah so so most of the time you get super skilled people Hmm. um but yeah and especially with uh like world triathlon and it's it's very limited the number of of people out in course iron man it just feels like there are way more motos out in the course yeah there were like Um, 18 around the pro men when this happened which is obviously like way too many right if you even like saw the you were like that's too many too many yeah, I mean, it, it should it should never be that many. Um, especially you would think nowadays, like, can you just have drones? Like, yeah. do you really need yeah, to have motorcycles? <laughs> there's like, yeah, I mean, I've had this like conversation with a bunch of, <laughs> from a media perspective, I've had this conversation with a bunch of people because like drones, obviously there are some limitations, but they also could replace some of the motorcycles. Some, yeah. Um, I'm not saying all, but you can't use them of those 18. <laughs> They fall out of the sky sometimes. That's a problem too. <laughs> like, but yeah, they but, wouldn't cause a crash. Yeah, like they that. wouldn't kill any. They you wouldn't kill would, anybody. Might get a bump on your head. Would, like smash the drone. Right. If one fell on you from the yeah. sky. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh. But yes, I was also thinking about how many close calls I've had, and I don't know if you guys ever had to drive in front of. Have you ever had to be the person driving so that someone can take pictures or take video out of the back? It's no, like a very, no. it's very hard because you have to like be paying attention both to the road and out of your back window to like, so you stay the right distance and not hit anyone. Yeah, it seems absolutely nerve wracking. And I've, yeah. I've worked with people who have never really done it before. Um, like not in a race situation, but in like, like just shoots, like, yeah. like a, a shoot and you can, the difference is astounding. Um, just somebody who knows, like, has that spatial awareness, um, night and day from if I were to do it and I would have somebody cursing me out on a regular basis, like the cyclist yelling at me, the photographer yelling at me, I would be like, can you handle this? It would be way stress overload. So kudos to people who do it well. But yeah, you've, you've done that. Kelly. Oh, I've had to do it wow. a few times because of, for me, like before, not for a race, like for photo shoots and right. video shoots and stuff. And it is really stressful. And yeah, and then there's people and it's usually like someone who is like the significant other or like trains with that athlete because then they just like really have it down. And so there are people uh... who are really, really good at it. But I like definitely have to, like, it's just really hard, right? Especially if you're going downhill because the cyclists are going faster than you, but you're trying, mean, you don't want to like you don't want to crash the car. Like this either. is giving me anxiety just hearing about <laughs> yeah, this whole situation. Really oh, so. and it gets scary too. For, so when the age groupers come through, a lot of times they open up the course. It'll be closed for professionals, mm-hmm. and they'll open up the course when the age groupers come through. And then you have all these, you know, pissed off motorists doing all kinds of crazy. I've had a narrow mm-hmm. misses like that, or the guy who doesn't want to get chicked and he's like moving over so you can't pass. And then there's a car on one side. It's like, dude, you're, you're clearly not winning because you're racing with me. So just move over. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it it gets crazy. I do feel like cars driving onto a course is like the problem that happens more frequently here and like in the U S like in the U S well, I was, I had told you guys I'd been hit by a car in one of my last pro races at Ironman Korea. And it was a minivan was like, uh, kind of swerved into my path as I was like going downhill and I ended up like crashing into the rear windshield and yeah, that's like knocked me out of the race. But a guy who, like saw it happen. Like he thought I was killed and like, I ended up going to the hospital and there were other athletes at the hospital that had also gotten into car accidents. Oh, crazy. Oh man. Wow. Yeah. So I don't think they were an Ironman and official dot. like after that, I pretty sure that was like part of the reason why they lost their dot. But I do also remember, um, this was in on Jeju Island, like a small island off the coast of Korea. And you're like in this tiny hospital where no one speaks English. And I'm pretty sure that they gave me an injection, to, like was a tetanus shot, but it was in my butt. <laughs> oh, dear. And I held out my arm and they like shook their head and like pointed to my butt. So I got an injection of something into my butt in Korea. <laughs> 
don't really know what it is. Like awesome. the chip, they're following <laughs> you. They're they're tracking me. <laughs> I have a tracker in my butt. Well, I I just can't believe. I mean, I can believe since they they weren't sanctioned again. But you were not the only one to be hit by a car. Yeah. Normally, yeah, a race organizer would be horrified if there was one. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't get hit by a car, but I got chased by a dog for half a mile. And then when I decided I had had enough of this and I was just kind of riding casually in the middle of a race, a guy smoking weed on flip-flops cuts me off and almost knocks me off the course. I will never race in Jamaica again. <laughs> Jamaica. It, was, it was straight crazy. It was, and then I was dumb enough to go on a group ride the next day, and it was it's even worse. It was just, <laughs> it was the most insane experience of my life. I was just like, how do you live like this? It was wow. just, and everybody's just fine with it. It was just, is this a race or what? No, I can't do this anymore, you know? I feel like, I mean, it's not, obviously it's not just, I was thinking about, as you were saying that, I was like the Santa Rosa, obviously used to be the Ironman Santa Rosa, but they used to do a lot of bike races up there. And my husband was like a, like a cat, whatever he raced bikes. And yeah, there was like some, some guy who maybe was having mental health issues, like wandered into the middle of like the crit course, like yeah, barefoot. And it was like, oh my God, oh my God, we're all going to die. Yeah. Terrible. They were real cool. He was yeah. just. He was like, hey, girl, hey, champion, how you doing? I was like, wait a minute. He was relaxed. He was having a good time. Yeah. They're chatting with you. Yeah. You know, I, I, I hear, hear folks are really friendly in Jamaica. So. I am racing here. Can you not see me racing? <laughs> Wrong time, man. Let's catch up after the race. Yeah, right? Like, bro, no. I think Hilarious. there's like culture shock when you do like international races too. Cause like, it's just, even when there's no problem, right? Like, you know, I, I did like one of the first big races in Costa Rica and it was like, well, watch out for the cows. They probably won't get in the way. And you were like, Oh, all right. Cool. Or, or feral dogs. Right. Yeah. yeah. Where you're like, watch out for the feral dogs on the course. You're like, yeah. all right. Yeah. I know in Denmark, not during the race, but just in general, everybody rides bikes. But they also smoke cigarettes while they're riding their bikes. So they're just riding their bikes. So I was like, this is this is like this is strange to me. At least it wasn't during the race. Right. Yeah, no. Then that would be like my mind would be totally blown. Yeah. I did <laughs> see it in another I'm in race. Copenhagen. People are just like on their arrow bars going through a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> that sounds right though. Yeah. I did a bike race in Korea because I, I lived there for like a few months at one of the training camps, but I did a local bike race where there were local cyclists that smoked before and after the bike race. Wow. Unbelievable. It was impressive. Oh yeah. So you're doing challenge Roth this year or next year? Next year. Next year. <laughs> so I will tell you, I was like, I don't know. I, I, I sat there in my like homestay and I was like, how am I this confused? I've done like a hundred triathlons I've like done them and I like couldn't figure out like where the bags and then when I finally was like I don't understand like where are we supposed to go where do the bags go like where's transition why am I so confused they were like well obviously that was in appendix c addendum to the official why didn't you read it and I was like what the fuck so it was very German they were like obviously you should have read the 17 documents with the and I was like oh shit so clearly I'm gonna need a handler yeah and i was like every american i stopped i'd be like do you know what's going on and they're like no i have no idea so it was like all like 17 americans because there's like no americans that go to this race we were like we have no clue what's happening so you didn't read the manual (laughs) (laughs) one of my daughters lived over there for 18 months and she speaks fluent german so i may have to take her with me take her with you yeah but but also you're an engineer. I feel like this is up your alley. You're like, yeah. Yeah. I love, I love the manual. <laughs> <laughs> Are there diagrams? Oh, there were diagrams. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll be good. Yeah. And then you're going to Kenya, which I feel like will be completely different. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not going there to race. Um, I'm going there to work with um, a strength trainer. I met, um, I met 
some people on the Kenyan triathlon and duathlon team when I, last time I was in Spain. What? And I've been meaning to go over there for since before the pandemic and we've kept in touch and we're finally working out all the logistics and hmm. usual as usual, I'm going to take a bunch of people with me. <laughs> Every time I go to Cuba, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to Cuba. You want to go? And I end up taking a bunch of people. So huh. we'll see um, how it goes, but I want to, his name is Jeff Onye. Um, and you might know he, he's a strength trainer for um, a steeplechaser. Her name is Emyave. Um, she actually races for Bahrain, but she's Kenyan. She actually trains in Kenya most of the time. So we'll be going over there to do some stuff and meet some people and see what it's like in Nairobi. That's cool. That is really cool. I do feel like you're describing like the opposite of Sarah's travel style. She like doesn't know, like you're, you have your three years planned out and you bring like 30 people with you. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing next month. (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely a planner. I like to, I like, for me, it's about, one, I I love to race, but for me, it's about the adventure and the experiences. And everybody's like, well, what are you trying to do? I'm like, I want to see everything. I want to ride my bike everywhere. I want to swim in every ocean. So that's, that's, you know, how I map out my travels. I wanted to do last year, the Rwanda 70.3. Anyone done that one? That looked really cool. I did not know it existed. Yeah. It was That's like new. Wow. Really cool. mm-hmm. Well, maybe, maybe one of our listeners has. I was just, I'm still caught up on the Alaska Ironman that Khadijah did. Like mm-hmm. going to Alaska for an Ironman. Well, they canceled That's it, pretty right? well. So it's not happening. Right. Oh, oh it was like a one time thing, like the New York City Ironman. <laughs> it's actually like that, but opposite. But I'm going to Alaska next month. So you're going to have to give me all the, all the tips. Ooh, is it the during the Midnight Sun Festival? Because I went with my sister several years back. There's going to be like no nighttime. Hmm. Oh, I'd go crazy. Yeah, I like, that sounds I, great. I can't sleep in, I can't, I cannot sleep in sunlight. Bring an eye mask. Okay. And yeah, because when we went there, it was like during summer solstice. So they have a whole Midnight Sun Festival and it like, never gets dark it gets like a little hazy around 2 or 3 a.m and then it gets light again it's crazy i feel like i didn't think this all the way through this is like me see like this is the opposite of i'm like we i just like book tickets and then we're like yeah we'll go yeah i did not think this all the way through so good to know yeah it's better than going when it's like in the middle of winter where it's dark all the time that's true that's true yeah mm-hmm it's also apparently like all boats, like if you want to travel between things, because they're like, it's just not really like roads. So it's a lot of like ferries and boats and small planes. So. Where in Alaska are you going? They're like inner passage, like a bunch of little towns in the, okay. like, like from Juneau, like down. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Everybody had rain boots on, even when it wasn't raining. You just gotta be ready. Might start raining. It was just, <laughs> it's like, it's dry right now. Why do you have rain boots? But they just wear them like, it's like fashion, I guess. I don't know. It's fashion, duh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I'm a New Yorker, so I wear Tim's in the summer too. And everybody's like, "Why do you? Why do you have Timberlands on? It's hot. It's- <laughs> you like sweaty feet. Yeah, you know? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> like the swishiness. It feels yes. good when it's all sweaty in there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We uh. Feisty covered basketball this past weekend, and I was up in Canada to cover basketball. And the most important thing was we had matching shoes. Your shoes look amazing. Yeah. I saw them we in person. We spent a lot of time <laughs> trying to figure out how to wear the shoes correctly, like which which pants looked best with the shoes. Oh, like do you tuck in your like, pants? You in? In and then it was like, oh, these need socks. And then you're like, oh no, no, that that is not a good look. <laughs> like, and how did you wear your laces? Did you wear fat laces? I mean, that's- oh, yeah, I wore mine. I was I wore mine pretty loose. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I always wear fat laces and I never tie the top, tuck them in. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I cannot play basketball so It's all about the look. How it looks. (laughs) How tall were the Japanese players? I was curious. Oh, they, I mean, they're like, they're like regular basketball players, Jocelyn. 
like they're like tall basketball players like yeah six yeah. three yeah. six yeah. four yeah. 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 that's awesome obviously also like I have no conception because I'm always just like I don't know they're taller than me and apparently there's like yeah. a big difference between five nine and six two absolutely <laughs> and yes. the air question <laughs> all you know is you're looking up right I was like whatever so yeah. Well, because I'm five nine and I'm like the tallest woman in my family. I went to a high school that was like 95% Asian American. So I always just thought I was tall for an Asian woman. And then I in grad school, I was on the crew team and I was like, oh, I'm also fairly tall for the white girls. Didn't notice that. You are above the global average for women. Yeah. <laughs> significantly above the average <laughs> I, I break all stereotypes I'm five one I can't play basketball I can't dance or sing <laughs> and I'm five one <laughs> tell us how tall you are Sarah five seven and a half okay you know <laughs> gotta gotta put the half in there <laughs> I'm five one and a half then how there you, like, you go right. <laughs> I'm almost five two <laughs> All right, Sarah, what's your random question for the week? You weren't here last week, so somebody else, no, you were here last week. The week before, somebody else had to fill in your random question. Okay, so my random question for the day is... I like how you're, like, getting ready. You're like, all right. Well, because I'm coming up with it as we as we <laughs> talk right now. All right, you're on a desert island. What is the one food you bring with you? Like, ice like cream logically like rationally so i survive or just like ice cream good. ice cream that is an excellent answer except <laughs> do you have a freezer with you because is it is it going to be ice cream for long or is it just going to be soup it's true too many caveats <laughs> i'm just saying i'm just saying I like all things mangoes. So if it's a tropical island, hopefully maybe they're already growing there. So I don't have to bring anything. So I can I'm, bring a freezer is I'm what you're here, saying. I'm like, be, I'm thinking like, well, what's the most nutrient dense food that like tastes good? So you could like survive for a long time. <laughs> I'm like, probably like cliff bars. That seems like reasonable. And then I'm like, well, I don't think that's what you were going for. So I, I mean, it, whatever answer is valid. I'm, I'm saying peanut butter. Okay. Uh. Yeah. This is like, see, I was thinking, you remember in college, like we played this game in college, what was the cheapest you could get a hundred calories? They bring ramen noodles to the right. island. Yeah. <laughs> like... Sorry, I find that hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Mental image, just chomping on the raw ramen, ramen noodle block. Yes. On your so you're falling off a boat and you're grabbing ramen noodles in a hot pot. That's all you yeah. need. <laughs> You got to focus, guys. Got to, like, think ahead, right? <laughs> I'm going to say I have a freezer on my desert on island. My desert island. <laughs> and it's very calorie dense and delicious. And it's going to be hot. I respect that. I respect So, Kelly, the, the question is, what was the most calorie dense cheap food? Oh, there was $1.49 Chinese food by a campus. When okay. I was Whoa. What was, was in it? To, right. You had to weigh like how sick you were going to get to $1.49. Wow. <laughs> and it was one of those, like, you know, like under the, under the glass where you like, they filled a plate up with for you with like a bunch of different colored. Oh, and stuff. Yeah. like a buffet. It was, but it was on their side. Like, you know what I mean? They just went down uh, and you like picked like which meats and which, yeah. I believe wow. it is. I believe, you know, gentrification. I think it's like $10 now. <laughs> oh, wow. Inflation, inflation. inflation yeah. Back in back in nineteen thirty, it was a dollar forty nine. You you didn't answer my question. That's fine. I guess I, wait, I guess I was right. Fine. I mean, otherwise, I feel like chocolate chip cookies because that seems good, right? Like those would hold up, and they were good, and you get a lot of like you like nourishment. Yeah. Okay, I respect that. All Does right, it have to hold up. Do I have to do freeze dried ice cream? I've never oh, had that. Jocelyn's now totally overthinking it. Uh, ice cream is a great answer. Nobody okay. said you're going to be on the island for long. Like, just eat yeah. that pint. Just enjoy it. Okay. Well, if anybody <laughs> wants to leave us a voicemail about what they would bring on a desert island, uh, we do have a new format for sending in voicemails if you'd like. So go to www speakpipe.com slash if we were writing we'll also chuck that in the the show notes 
drop us a voicemail. Thank you for listening to another week of If We Were Writing, and we'll check in with you next week. Tell me to stop my town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. All right, Alyssa, I'm like starting to swim more again. And I feel like you were swimming a lot last year with oh, with one water. And how did you keep your hair from get, getting so destroyed? I was swimming so much last year. And I used to try hard, Kelly, and I still swear by it. They have extensively researched this problem and created a superior vegan, dermatologically tested proprietary blend. Try hard has shampoo, conditioner, body wash, and more stuff. Everything you're going to need for your pre and post swim necessities. I've also seen that top pros like Chelsea Sodaro and Lucy Charles Barkley also praise the effectiveness of Try Hard. I think it's like definitely changed how good I feel just coming out of chlorine. And we have a code right now too for anyone who wants to try, you know, try Try Hard and stop suffering from dry, itchy skin, having their hair get all, you know, green, which happens to me because mine's like super blonde and get all beat up. You can try any of the TryHard products with the code 20FEISTY, that's 20FEISTY, for 20% off store-wide at tryhard.co. So that's 20FEISTY for 20% off at tryhard.co. So Jocelyn, I know, you know, we're getting older, and aging and you've been using amino coast heel as part of your like post-workout recovery right yeah it seems like after i became a mom and then turned 40 my recovering abilities really tanked so as you remember i then tore my meniscus had to get surgery in my knee and now i've had this lingering ligament injury in my foot so i've been adding a scoop of the chocolate flavored heel to like either a glass of chocolate milk or a recovery smoothie. And I love that it helps accelerate muscle repair and reduce inflammation so I can keep training and racing hard in my 40s. Yeah, and so you use the AminoCo Heal Chocolate. How do you like it? How does it taste? It tastes pretty good. I mix it up with a bunch of stuff. So it's like, tastes like a chocolate shake. And all AminoCo products are 100% science-backed. It's, you know, Feisty's go-to essential amino acids. And you can get 30% off with the code writing, as in if we were writing, at aminoco.com slash writing. You'll also get a free gift for new purchasers. That's aminoco, A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com slash writing. And use the code writing at checkout for 30% off and a free gift.